What is going on, everybody? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, uh, we talked about the AFC a lot in our last week's episode. Here, we've got you NFC fans. We're going to talk all about the potential NFC playoff teams, who we think will be the best among that group. Uh, another week at the Lockboard. And we're previewing the NBA season. So we're going to preview the Eastern Conference and our picks for MVP. And hopefully you guys like those picks and uh, enjoy our commentary. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And not the best football week for me this week. Uh, the Steelers finally lost a game. Um, but, you know, still 11-1, and one, so I still can't complain too much. And uh, I did finally have a decent week in the lock board, but I'm still not happy with my uh, with what happened this week. Probably talk about that later, but I'm excited to talk about the NFC and uh, share my NBA predictions. And what is going on, y'all? Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, could rant again about my Jags. I won't, but I mean, can you find me too, worst, bud? Me too. Can you find the worst way to lose a game? I mean, gee, well, the Jets did worse. Yeah, so I mean, we, weren't, we weren't too much uh, better though. But yeah, just like Connor, man, I'm I'm excited to talk some more football. Get you know, getting ready for the next NBA season. Uh, we're excited to bring you this content, guys. Hope you enjoy it. How's it going, guys? Nate here. Um, I only got one pick right in the lock board this week, but. Um, the pick was that my Pats would beat the Chargers, which did happen. So um, can't really complain about the weekend overall. Um, yeah, like the guys said, I'm looking forward to talking about uh, what's going to go on in the NFC. And um, I'll actually be participating in the basketball segment a little bit this week. So that'll be um, pretty fun. Woo! So, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to getting into it. <laughs> All right. Um, so, like always, we'll start out with around the shield, and I've preluded this is going to be about the NFC, but I'll let Connor explain what all this is going to be about, and then we'll get started. Yeah. So last week we talked about you know AFC wild card, who who we think is going to make the wild card. We took six teams, um, and each decided whether they were in or out. This is going to be a little different. Um, this is going to be kind of similar to what we did with the NFC East uh, a couple of weeks ago, where we are we're going to take the top eight teams in the NFC right now. Uh, so we got the four division winners or the four division leaders plus the um, actually I just thought about one thing before we do this um, that the giant I, I feel like we should probably they have, talk the, tie about, they have they the tie breaker. They do have the tie OK, yeah. I was going to say we should talk about Washington. But uh, anyway, yeah, so we got the four division leaders and uh, the three wild cards plus the first team out. And just like for the NFC East, uh, I like I liked this idea when we did it that we each took a random team because um, I was talking with Zach and I was like, well, maybe we should do random so that like I'm not talking about yeah. the Saints for the 500th time and Zach's <laughs> not talking about the Bucks for the 500th time. So um, we each got two random teams and we're going to start with Zach and give his case as to why the Los Angeles Rams are going to be the top team in the NFC. Yeah, so I've got the Rams as my a uh, random generated pick here. Not too thrilled about it. You know, I'm not going to be rooting for the Rams this year with the draft pick and all. But I do actually, despite my bias, I do think the Rams have a very good shot at winning the NFC and potentially could be the favorites because just how strong their defense is. You you say it, you hear it every year, defense wins championships. And I feel like with this NFC 
bunch. There's no real consistent uh, team that's far and far and above better than anybody else. And the Rams have a great defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. He absolutely shut down DeAndre Hopkins this past week. Um, saw a lot of memes on Twitter about um, him being his child and everything. But uh, you got Ramsey on the outside. You got uh, you got Aaron Donald in the middle. They're, the rest of their defense has some players too. And on offense, they're doing okay. Um, they're they're not the best team in this NFC offensively, but with their defense and with Sean McVay, I feel like Sean McVay is really utilizing Jared Goff to the best of his abilities. And we saw him a couple of years ago make the Super Bowl. So why not do it again? I I think the Rams will do it. Eric, I'll pass it off to you and uh. You talk about your adopted team this season. <laughs> <laughs> Eric yeah, got lucky that he got to talk uh, about this team. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because Connor was like, "Well, by doing it random, we won't talk about the same team for the 500th time." But once again, <laughs> I have been assigned the New York Football Giants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Susan's still mad at me about that. So if like if we ever do this again, if you could like not give me a NFC East team other than <laughs> the right, Cowboys right. or something, that, that would be good. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's crazy because ever since uh, we did that NFC East episode, the Giants have actually been playing pretty well. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not like dominating games or anything like that. But uh, ever since that near, uh, win against the Cowboys when Dak went out there uh let's see it looks like they're they're actually five and two since then so uh obviously the beginning of the season wasn't so great for them but obviously looking at their record over the last few games they're doing pretty well and I was kind of I felt like their chances of even making the playoffs were going to be over after Daniel Jones went down last week uh when they just kind of barely skated by against the Bengals. But then they come out and their defense shuts down the Seahawks and they beat them 17 to 12. And the, they've just been, they're definitely a very surprising team on this list. I would not have expected them to be here at this point in the season. And obviously what's a good advantage for them going forward is if they do manage to hold off uh, Washington and the East or anybody else that might try to come up, then they will get a home game for the first round of the playoffs, which is huge because it's a lot better for them if they play a home against a team against such as like maybe Tampa or, you know, Seattle or somebody like that, as opposed to having to go to their stadium instead. So if they could somehow get in and maybe win that first game at home, they've already got a lot of momentum right now. So, you know, I'm definitely not saying it's going to happen, but who, who knows, man. <laughs> and so, right, I'll, so let, uh, I'll, let, uh, okay, I'll let Connor talk about his first team now. Yeah, so I've been assigned the Green Bay Packers and uh, pretty much in stark contrast to the Rams, like Zach was talking about. Uh, Zach was saying that the Rams have a great defense. The Packers are the opposite. They have a great offense. Um, Aaron Rodgers is challenging Patrick Mahomes for the MVP right now, um, especially after this last week. Um like a pretty kind of up and down game for Mahomes, but a really solid game for Rodgers. I think it's very up in the air right now. Uh, Mahomes is definitely still the front runner, but Rodgers is definitely making his case for the MVP. And um, 
I think one thing that's really underrated about Green Bay's offense is people don't really talk about how good Aaron Jones is. I feel like a lot of people kind of see him as he's just this like, oh, he, you know, he gets all these fantasy points because all he does is like Aaron Rodgers will take him down the field and then Jones gets like a one yard run for a touchdown and he gets like three of those every game. So that's why he gets so many points. But I think Aaron Jones is severely underrated as a running back. And also he's a really good receiver and the Packers have another running back in Jamal Williams who, you know, he's not going to be your every down back, but he's also a very good receiving back. So it gives Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's kind of using his running backs when, a very uh, big lack of receiver talent outside of Devontae Adams. He's using his running backs, and he's using Robert Tanyan a lot in the passing game too. So some unlikely people have emerged for the Packers as their top weapons. Definitely got some issues on the defensive side, but um, you know the biggest advantage that the Packers have right now is that you know it's likely that they're if they can just keep up what they're doing, it's likely that they're going to at least get the two seed with all the turmoil that's going on in the NFC West. Um, who knows who's going to emerge from that and if one of them is going to even challenge for the two seed. But the Packers are likely going to be at the two, maybe the one if the Saints start to uh, lose a couple games. So at least they'll have home games throughout the playoffs unless they play the Saints. So, um, And also, like I said, you can't go wrong with having Aaron Rodgers on your team. He's yeah, It's kind of like when with the Patriots with Tom Brady or the Saints with Drew Brees a couple of years ago. Maybe not this season, but a couple of years ago. You just can't go wrong with Aaron Rodgers. So I'll let Nate talk about the New Orleans Saints. Right, yeah, like what Connor just touched on, um, the biggest issue I'd say for the Saints is obviously their quarterback situation. Um, supposedly Drew Brees um, could come back as early as week 14, they're saying. I don't know uh, with that kind of severe rib injury if that's going to happen or if Taysom Hill is going to have to be playing in the playoffs, but either way, I think um, each of those guys, Drew Brees is still, you know, obviously very sharp, but he's his arm strength is not where it used to be, and I think both quarterbacks are kind of a limitation on this team right now, but uh, other than that, I feel like the Saints have probably one of the top, you know, two or three, like, overall rosters, I would say, offense, defense, they have, you know, enough solid guys at each position to um, kind of carry, the, you know, you saw what they did with um, Taysom Hill the last couple of weeks, you know, they've been limited as far as throwing the ball, but they're still getting by and getting wins. So um, as of right now, I wouldn't say that they're, you know, my top pick to win the Super Bowl or anything like that. But um, if they can get, you know, they'll make it into the playoffs. And if they can, um, whoever's at quarterback, if they can keep Alvin Kamara going, um, have the defense keep making plays. I think they can uh, definitely win a game or two. Um, they've definitely had some struggles the past few postseasons. Um mostly to the Vikings, but um, if they don't have to match up with the Vikings <laughs> uh, the first round, they might be um, able to do some damage this year. So I'll hand it back off to Zach if he wants to talk about um, Ironically, I, the Vikings. Talk about yeah, he's coming off the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. thanks, for, uh, thanks for setting me up with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got the Vikings as this is our second uh, round of wild card slash bubble teams. They currently, I think, have the seventh seed uh, which is we still weird to say the seventh seed being a playoff <laughs> seed, but um, the, here's the thing with the Vikings is right now they wouldn't scare me in the playoffs, but if they do actually make the playoffs, similarly to what Eric was saying, they're going to be coming in on quite a big win streak, and they already have a win streak going on, and they play a lot of tough teams to end the season. So teams like the Buccaneers. Um, 
the Saints also, I think, are another one of those teams. So they have a lot of games that are going to be tough on their remaining schedule. But assuming they win that, this is going to be a scary team to face. And like last year, Kirk Cousins pulled an upset. I could see them pulling an upset or two um, in this NFC, which is so wide open. And really, they know their they know their offense run through Dalvin Cook. They still fed him the ball 30 times last week, even though he wasn't running great. Um, and Justin Jefferson's emerged as a number one wide receiver. He might replace. Um, he might even be more important right now than Stephon Diggs. So you, you got Jefferson <laughs> or Dylan, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so Dylan, he's a good number two, I think. But Jefferson's turning into their best receiver, and they've got Dalvin Cook. Uh, it's in the trenches, which scares me the most with the Vikings. But um, they definitely have big play potential. We'll see what happens, but uh, don't count them out yet. Now let's uh, hear Eric talk about the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals are definitely right now probably in the worst situation out of these teams i mean the main thing for them that they're going to need to do to get back into this is obviously they just got to figure out what's going wrong get and get it turned around and start winning some more games because if it weren't for that uh ridiculous hail mary by deandre hopkins they'd be on a five game losing streak right now i believe so that's obviously not good, and I'm not sure what it is because they've had times this season, they've had moments this season where they've looked like they could be a top-tier team and challenge for the Super Bowl, and then they've had other moments where they look like they don't belong. So I I have a hard time figuring out this Cardinals team, but the main thing for them is just their, their defense is going to have to start playing better you can't be giving up the amount of points they've given up in some of these games. And Kyler Murray in the offense just needs to be more consistent as well. But I don't have too much faith in the Cardinals right now. But, you know, they do have a couple of NFC uh, East games coming up. So maybe if they can win those, get back on track, finish the season strong, maybe they could do something. Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting spot for me talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers since I've been the one going against them uh, most of the season. <laughs> I'm, I'm but, excited for this. <laughs> yeah, but I will I will make my case for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, definitely the biggest advantage the Buccaneers have is their defense. I mean, this is a top three defense. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much been all season between them and the Steelers. Like, who's going to be – who's the top defense in the NFL right now? Um yeah, they get to the quarterback on a consistent basis. They force bad throws. Um, you know, maybe they don't get the takeaways that some of the other teams do, but they definitely, you know, just getting to the quarterback and forcing those bad throws and at least forcing incompletions is what they do so well. Um, and then on offense, I mean, you still can't. I mean, Antonio Brown has been a bit surprising that he's actually been maybe it's maybe surprising that he hasn't caused a lot of drama. Um, you know, he's just kind of been sitting there. He's been consistent. He gets his catches. He gets, you know, he does some stuff to help them out. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he's going to be the hero for them in the playoffs. But obviously they still have Mike Evans. They still have Chris Godwin. Tom Brady and Gronk still have as strong a connection as ever. I mean, you know, a, a lot of people, myself included, were thinking that Gronk was just here to block when he was uh, coming back to the Buccaneers. But, Gronk has turned into a top target for Tom Brady at this moment. And I think the biggest key for the Buccaneers going forward is um, 
Obviously, the division is out is it's not out of reach yet, but with the way the Saints have been playing, um, it's pretty likely that they're going to end up being the five seed or the six seed. So they're going to have to deal with a lot of road games going forward in the playoffs. But I think they definitely they need to get Ronald Jones the ball more. I know Bruce Arians has talked about that. You know, when the ball is in Rojo's hands, good things happen, and because it seems like to me he's trying too much to like make it work with this committee with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And I feel like they just need to pick one and stick with one because it seems like the committee's not working very well. And from what I've seen, the most part, like Leonard Fournette is, he seems to be a better pass catching back, but Ronald Jones seems to be better in the actual run game. So I think they just need, and Arian says he really likes Rojo. So I think they just need to nail it down that Rojo's the number one back get him the ball more often. And then this offense can stop relying so much on Tom Brady, because we've seen this season that Brady he's regressed for sure this season. So he's not the guy he used to be. Um, so if they can get that run game going, then the Buccaneers, they're definitely probably in the best position out of any of the wild card teams right now, in my opinion, to go all the way to the Super Bowl. So I'll let Nate finish up with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So this is kind of a tricky one for me. Um, uh, kind of get like a handle on this team. Um, obviously, they look really good at times of season, but then we saw um, yesterday they lost to the Giants, who they have a good defense, but to only put up, you know, a few points versus them and really just kind of looked lost at times out there. It was kind of a bad sign for me. So um, I think obviously they're in the lead of the division. I think they're going to hold on because I don't see, uh, oh, you know, the. The Rams are in first Rams, place. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> it's close. It's close. So. Yeah, it's close. But, I mean, they're in a decent spot. They have one more game versus the Rams. And they could potentially, you know, come away with a division lead. But um, that's kind of up in the air right now. I think, obviously, with Russell Wilson being the quarterback, I'm a big fan of his. I've talked about him a lot before. And uh, I think with him, they can, you know, anything is possible and are out of a game. But I think there's just not enough talent. Uh, around him at this point, you know, that obviously DK Metcalf is great, but um, I think there's a lot of, um, I guess, they're kind of exposed on Sunday, and I'm not super confident in them going forward. I think they'll definitely make the playoffs, I think, because um, they are 8-4, and four, and I don't see the Cardinals uh, coming up to pass them at any point, so I think they'll make it in, but I won't be surprised if, you know, they had a first-round exit. Um, they're going to have to likely go on the road unless they pass the Rams uh, and take the lead there. So they're going to have to go on the road against a tough team like you know, maybe someone like Green Bay or um, New Orleans. And uh, I'm not totally sure if Russ is going to be able to get it done this year. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, so really the general consensus theme, I think, from listening to all eight pitches here is none of us like slammed our fists on the table being like, <laughs> they're going to win the, the NFC. Like this is... This really could be any of these eight teams uh, potentially winning at some more likely than others. This, this definitely isn't a situation like with the Chiefs in the AFC right yeah, now, where it's like right. the Chiefs are pretty much the consensus number one. There is no consensus number one here. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the way the Giants keep doing after Eric talks about them, I would not count the Giants out as crazy as that sounds. Giants fans, if y'all, if, if y'all somehow win the Super Bowl this year, you're welcome. <laughs> Eric is taking all the credit. You should pay him millions of dollars in yeah, royalties. Just, I'll I'll set up a GoFundMe for myself or something. Or get cash out. Of it, like, you can hook me up. 
<laughs> All right, yeah. So moving on now to the lock board, uh, we heard Connor talk about um, his first place uh, week. So I always let the winner talk about their week, but I know this time the winner is not going to be too happy. But Connor, share share how your picks went this week. Yeah, so I mean, I guess definitely a bit of a disappointing week for me in the fact that like because I did um I guess I'll start off with the good the good was Indiana did beat Wisconsin um even with the Indiana quarterback being hurt I thought that spread of like 13 what by the time we got to the game it was like 13 and a half and I thought that was just absurd I was like Indiana's like you know obviously quarterback's the most important but Indiana didn't get to be almost beating Ohio State just because of their quarterback so and was in I know Zach and I Zach feels very strongly that Wisconsin's very overrated, so um, I was pretty happy about that. But definitely in the ones I got wrong, and um, I guess I'll talk about Zach's pick with the Lions over the Bears. It just felt like I couldn't catch a break this week. Um, like Arkansas was dominating the game over Missouri, and then they ended up like they were up fourteen to zero in the or not fourteen zero they were up by fourteen in the fourth quarter and then Missouri came back and took the lead. Um, Arkansas did go down and managed to get a touchdown and the two point conversion to take a one point lead and then Missouri kicked a game winning field goal with like almost no time left so that sucked. Then the Jaguars were ahead of the Vikings at one point, um, and then the Jaguars kind of just threw it away. They lost in overtime, and then uh, same with the Bears. Like they were up fourteen to zero. They were up fourteen point. Why do I keep saying fourteen to zero? Maybe I'm <laughs> I'm stuck on the fact that the Steelers were up fourteen to zero on Washington <laughs> yeah. earlier today. But the Bears were up by fourteen points, and then the Lions and just like the last three minutes of the game managed to like put a couple drives together. And then um, the Lions got a touchdown with like a minute left. So definitely could be a lot better for me this week. If just a couple things had gone a different way. And also I'm upset because I only made up one point in the standings and now I'm drafting last. So yeah, that's, <laughs> probably the, that's probably the most upset first place <laughs> winner of the year so far. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I do want to say for between all of us, we did get at least one pick right this week. Um, so that hasn't yeah, happened. De- definitely, in a while. definitely a better week overall for us. We we've, we've yeah. been having a couple down <laughs> yeah. weeks here. So yeah, seriously. So let me review the standings real quickly. So this past week, Connor had five points. I only had four. Like you said, the one point difference. And then Eric and Nate both had three pointers getting correct. So looking at the total standings now for the entire year. I'm still in first place with 58 points. Connor is four points behind me in second place. Eric still remains in third place with 42 points. And Nate is in fourth place, down 21 points to the leader. So that's where things stand right now. But we have another week, and we have a bonus round, too. So you'll hear a bonus (laughs) round of locks. Um, We've decided that since a lot of these games get canceled, especially in college for, uh, for COVID, that um, it's fair to have a fourth round to be used in case any games get canceled for COVID. So if any games get canceled, our, this, our fourth round locks will replace the game that got canceled. So uh, that adds another dimension to this. You never know. Maybe you want to put a five-pointer in there as a just-in-case or go safe. What do you want to do with that? It's going to be interesting because they won't be counted unless um, they're needed to be counted. So um eric you by default get the first pick this week which uh so you seem to be flipping back from first and uh last pick so you got first this time though which which is uh good for this week 
I think um, I know where he's yeah, going I too. <laughs> I don't know why every time uh, I have a great week, I followed up with not a good week. But at least last time when I won, the following week I dropped a goose egg. So at least this time, <laughs> at least this time I got a three pointer. But um, I, I don't think I think Connor almost had my pick right, but I'm actually going to take the football team to beat the 49ers. Mm. Yeah, I, I was eyeing that one. Uh, San Francisco's four and a half point favorites, but uh, Washington on a bit of a yeah, win streak I'm surprised, now. I'm surprised the 49ers are favored in that, but uh, so I'm going to take the football team. Sorry, Giants <laughs> <fans>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Nate, you've got the uh, the next pick in uh, the first round. Yeah, so I was hoping to. That was actually what I was looking at. I was hoping to use my uh, my little Twitter meme again <laughs> next week. But um, I think I am gonna stay with um the NFL, and I'm gonna gonna actually stay in the um NFC East as well, and go with uh, New York Giants over Arizona Cardinals. The New York Football Giants. <laughs> well, now they're going to lose because Eric didn't pick them. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Giants fans. You can blame me. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so now I've got the third pick. Um, I'm going to stay in the NFL like you guys, but I'm going to go Steelers over Bills. Mm, Zach um, stole my pick. I know. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what you get, Connor, for uh, <laughs> picking last now. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, not all hope is lost. Uh, there's another NFL pick that I am looking at here that I think I, I like a lot. And I'm going to take, I know they had a pretty um, very weird game, I guess, against the New York Jets this week. But I do like taking the Las Vegas Raiders over the Col- Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Okay. Raiders over Colts. Uh, quick first round. Eric, you're back at the top of the second round. Uh, where are you going to go? All right. So since I'm behind, I really need to take a five-pointer here. And there's not very many that I feel too confident in. But um, I'm going to get bold here and go over to college. And I'm going to take Illinois to beat Northwestern. Dang. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Northwestern just seems very. You guys have all been like, I know this is funny. Like you guys have all been picking all the ones I wanted. Like sometimes I get some left over that I like. That's what you get for sniping my picks. So yeah, I guess (laughs) everybody's getting sniped because Nate got sniped by Eric. (laughs) Okay, Nate, you've got the next pick though. Uh, Go ahead, snipe me again. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not, but um. I think actually no. Hopefully yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to snipe him, Nate? You want to snipe him? <laughs> um, shoot. I think. Uh, what was I looking at here? I think I'm gonna go with a little bit of an upset here. Um, and take the Chargers over Atlanta. Um, yeah. I've been playing too good lately, but I think they're bound for a win and the. <laughs> You never know uh, with Atlanta. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh, it was, like, it, was like, it was like it was like this week. You know, I think Eric had a good analogy. We were talking in the chat about like their two games against the Saints. It's like you know this game against the Saints that actually looked like they could win, but the other game against the Saints, like Matt Ryan couldn't even put on his pants properly in that oh, game. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he forgot how to tie his cleats or something. I don't, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what what he did, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So. Things are looking a lot more thin uh, than they did at the start of the draft, but 
Um, I'm going to go with a five-point here, and I'm going to take the Lions to beat the Packers. Um, Zach is really set on picking someone <laughs> over the Packers. <laughs> I know. Hey, I, the Lions, they, they, they did me well last week, so rewarding them with a potential five-point. <laughs> uh, come on, Lions. <laughs> yeah, really well. You know, you're not going to see me picking the Jaguars over the Titans this time because the Jaguars kind of <laughs> shafted me last week. So um, they have used up my uh, my patience. So well, um, they tried, I, man. Okay, they, they did try. They did try. I, I'll give credit for that. It was definitely uh, that was definitely my least confident pick, and they definitely made a game out of it. So, um, but I am going to go over to college and. This probably shouldn't come as a bit of as a surprise. They did kind of burn me the last time I picked them, but they're playing a worse team this time. So I'm going to take the North Carolina Tar Heels over the Miami Hurricanes. I, f- I figured you would do that. I didn't want to be mean and take another one of your favorite teams. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't. I knew I couldn't do that. I saw on the share screen the icon moved over to that game before Connor said it. <laughs> oh, so you saw Eric? Saw. Yeah, I was like, Zach knows what he's doing. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't want to be that mean. <laughs> Don't right. want to be that guy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Eric, you've got the. Uh, oh, so nice yeah, for my. For my final pick before the wild card round, I am going to go to college again, but a three-pointer this time, and I'm going to take the Washington Huskies to beat the Oregon Ducks. Eric picking lots of Washington teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounded weird when you said Washington Huskies. I was like, wow, I'm just so used to Washington football team, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, you've got the uh, the next pick here before the, the wild card round. All right, so, yeah, I definitely want to take a college one this time, I think. Um, I'm trying to find a 5.1 because obviously I got some ground to cover in the last couple weeks, but um, these are all kind of difficult matchups, but... Um, yeah, actually, I'm just going to stick with a three-pointer. I'm going to take um, Wisconsin over Iowa. See if that's All right. pretty close. I was wondering, I was, kind of I was wondering if you were going to take uh, UCLA over USC, but then I thought you probably wouldn't do that after how badly Washington State got the last oh, week. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I got burnt the last time I picked against USC. Yeah. All right, so I've got the next pick here. Um, I'm going to do a one-pointer. I'm going to take Florida to beat LSU. I'm not really seeing that many great options left on, on my board, so I'm just going to do the safe thing and uh, try and get <laughs> one point. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to go in the opposite direction. Um, this is probably... <clears throat> I know my... <clears throat> excuse me. I know my Jaguars over uh, Vikings pick last week was pretty bold, but this might be one of my boldest predictions yet oh this God. year. Oh I'm going to take the... <laughs> Miami Dolphins to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, okay, not where I thought you were going. Yeah, I'm gonna say. <laughs> I, thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna pick some team from uh, New York that we're. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I uh, definitely not doing that. Yeah, I, I could see Miami winning that. That's a that could be a five pointer there. Okay, so now we're getting in uncharted territories of this wild card round. Uh, these picks may not be used, but. They might if a game gets uh, canceled, so we'll see what happens. But, Eric, you get the first choice from this new round. 
Okay, so yeah, unfortunately, all of the picks I was really looking at are gone. So I think what I'm going to do is uh, just take a safe pick and do a one-pointer here and go with one of my two survival picks in Yahoo, and I'm going to take the Seahawks to beat the Jets. Yep. All right, so we'll see. We'll see if that comes into play. Nate, you've got the next uh, wild card pick. All right, so it's kind of more likely that my uh, college game is going to get canceled, so <laughs> I will um, take a make up from that side of the board, and I'm going to go with uh, Navy over Army with the midshipmen. Yeah, <laughs> they have the cooler helmets this week. Yeah, I feel oh, like Nate had, Nate's had some did. really bad luck with uh, college games getting yeah. canceled yeah. this year. <laughs> How many college games did you pick this week, Nate? Only one. Okay, only one. Just one. It probably yeah. <laughs> the way, uh, the way my luck's gone. Eric's the only one with two. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so I I've got the next one here. Um, I'm a little surprised Nate didn't pick this. Uh, I thought about it in the earlier rounds, but since it's still here, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the Patriots to beat the Rams. Um, can't go wrong with a team that won like 45 to zero last week against right. an LA team. They get another LA team now. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. Where do I want to go with this? Um, I think, I think I want to stick with the NFL here because just these college games are not appealing to me. And I, I, I seem to have got, had a pretty bad track record with college games in the past, even though this might not come into play, but um, I think I am actually going to go with the Minnesota Vikings over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. Vikings to beat the Bucks there. We'll see if that happens. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for the lock board this week. Total of uh, 16 locks this week as opposed to the usual 12. So Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be doing this from now on for the rest of season two. So this isn't just like a one-week thing. This will be the norm moving forward. But, uh, yeah. That's the lockboard this week, and we'll move now to Around the Hoop and talk about some NBA. So, uh, like I said at the start of the episode, this is going to be essentially half of our season preview. Um, we're going to be focusing on the Eastern Conference uh, this episode. Next episode, we'll look at the Western Conference. And also on this episode, we'll make our predictions for MVP for the season. That's obviously a big deal. And then next week, we will cover our thoughts for the NBA Finals. So that's what's in store for Around the Shield the next couple weeks. Um, And then after that, we'll see what we do with this. But right now, um, I've got three storylines up that I want to talk about with you guys. And then we'll get to our conference picks. So I'll start with the first storyline. And the storyline, we talked about them last year a lot. We... They burned me and Eric and Nate, <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> yeah. Connor was smart about the 76ers, not smart about another team, but uh, the 76ers. <laughs> <were even laughs> <first. laughs> uh, the, well, to be fair, the 76ers were even worse than the Bucks were. So, um, oh, I said, I, I thought you were talking, referring to my uh, Falcons Super Bowl pick last year. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I was, I was staying with the sport, sport basketball, but yeah, the, the Falcons, they won that, uh, that award. Um, <laughs> uh, the bad award there, uh, but but uh, Philly, I I do think it's going to be different this season. Um, they finally are getting rid of Brett Brown, which I know 
I mean, Philly fans are always, you know, so calm for everybody to get fired and lose their job and everything. But they they were rightfully um, on that train with Brett Brown because he wa- he lasted way too long there. Uh, they this is the whole reason too why I'm not a fan of tanking is because it's not a guarantee. You know, they had some seasons where they won like 12 games. And it was trust the process, trust the process. And now, uh, look at them now. They're are they still trusting the process? I don't. I don't think so. Um, I actually picked the 76ers to finish fourth in Atlantic Division. And the Atlantic Division is the toughest in basketball, I think. But I still think they're going to finish fourth in that division. And in the playoffs, I see them being like a six to eight seed and losing the first round, but. I think the problem is going to be Ben Simmons and Embiid. I wouldn't be shocked if one of them gets traded at the trade deadline. And honestly, I think it'll be whichever one is not uh, doing well this season. Um, It's just, we've seen this for so many years now with Ben Simmons and Embiid. They were so hyped up. And I fell into that trap, and then they got Al Horford, and then I fell into that trap again. But Al Horford's gone now. Um, At the and, Thunder? And here, yeah. yeah. He's and, on my and, and so while I think while I think the 76ers did a good job by, hiring Brett, by firing Brett Brown in the offseason, and they got Seth Curry, which I think is a, is a good, really good move for them because they need shooters because we know Ben Simmons can't shoot. And indeed shoots too much, which is a problem. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So the addition of Seth Curry, I think, will be big for him. Um, And I think, you know, Al Horford wasn't contributing much. They were able to unload his contract. And the 76ers, I see um, being in a couple years down the line. I know the fans aren't going to want to hear, but I do think it's going to be another, like, rebuild for them almost because uh, with the way their team is constructed right now, they're not... They're not going to match up well against the Heat. They're not going to match up well. The Celtics beat them every playoffs, it seems like. The Nets are going to be better in all of our picks to win the East. Uh, the Bucks are still the Bucks. Uh, the Raptors are still good. It's just a really tough spot to be for the 76ers right now. Um, so I, I do think fans are going to have to lower their expectations from a couple years ago and realize that this team is going to take a couple years to develop. And we'll see if that's what Doc does. Um, they hired Dockers as their head coach, obviously, which I think was a good signing. But um, I do think Doc Rivers gets a little hyped up as a head coach, honestly. Um, he was coaching that great Boston team, and he coached with Orlando for a while, and obviously the Clippers latest. But the, he lasted so long with the Clippers, and they never won anything. They never even made it to the Western Conference Finals. So I think... Um, he gets hyped up a little bit too much considering recently he hasn't had any success with the Clippers. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think I speak for everybody when I say the 76ers are going to be fourth in the Atlantic and down in the bottom tier of the Eastern playoff teams. And honestly, they might not even make the playoffs with how some of the bottom Eastern teams are starting to come on the up, like Atlanta, like Charlotte. Orlando's still there. Um, Brooklyn's <laughs> going to leapfrog them. So we'll see what happens. They could be a bubble uh, playoff team, but the 76ers have just gone from top to bottom, it seems like, in one year. Uh, now we're, we're talking about a new coach and 
maybe one of their star players getting traded. So, um, yeah, sorry, 76ers fans, but you are a storyline in a bad way this year. <laughs> um, now, I guess their, uh, their goal is to don't fall behind the Knicks now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh, so I'm going to let um, – I actually uh, – we have a special guest on for this episode. We were able to get Giannis onto Takumpo's agent on. Uh, so he's going to join real quick and talk about uh, what is going to happen with Giannis and the Bucks and everything involved with the Greek Freak. So let me uh, introduce you guys to Giannis's agent. Uh, he's also my cousin Connor and a co-host of the podcast. Uh, Connor, talk about uh, your client. <laughs> yes, yes, my my client uh, definitely. St- still haven't received a paycheck from him, which is pretty interesting. I need to start getting those paychecks from him, especially since he's going to be making a lot of money here pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> need to start sending me the those paychecks. Maybe I can uh, not have to find a job here pretty soon after graduating college. I'll be set. <laughs> you know, get me. But anyway, um, yeah, no. I mean, I think the thing about Giannis is that I feel like you know there's not going to be much change with him this year. I mean. The Bucks are, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of change in personnel with the Bucks. Like, no more Eric Bledsoe, no more Wesley Matthews. But, I mean, the Bucks are still the Bucks. It's, I mean, I think DiVincenzo is going to take over the starting role at point guard now. Um, and then, obviously, still have Middleton, still have Brooke Lopez, um, and, then Drew, and then Drew Holiday um, coming over to the team. So, definitely pretty much still the same team. Giannis is still the same player. Um Definitely. Hope what he definitely needs to do is work on that free throw shooting. Um, I've been discussing this with him a lot. That his free that maybe less focus on the three point shot and more focus on the free throw shooting because his free throw shooting has been god awful uh, over the course of not just before the uh, the bubble, but even in the bubble. It seemed like it was even worse in the bubble uh, once he got there. So, um, I do still have the Milwaukee Bucks going to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Um, but I am going to stay true to my word and say that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I did say this on the podcast. Yeah, you uh, did. That if the Bucks did not make it to the NBA Finals or win the NBA Finals, it, or at least make it, I was never going to pick them to make it again. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm not picking the Milwaukee Bucks to go to the uh, NBA Finals this year, but I do still think they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Championship. I just think... When I look around the East, um, I feel like the Heat kind of just had like a Cinderella run last year, and I don't feel like like I think they're still going to be good, but I don't think they're going to go as far as they did. Um, they were just playing really well in the bubble. The Celtics seem like they just uh, I don't know with them. It's they're the other team besides uh, Brooklyn that I think has a chance to do some good in the Eastern Conference, but um, you know they kind of fell apart in that series against the heat. So I don't know if I really trust the Celtics to go anywhere. So I'm expecting another good season for the bucks. Um, I'm expecting another MVP caliber season for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, We're going to get to our MVP picks later, Um, but I think it's going to be an MVP caliber, not an MVP winning season for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And um, I do agree that he's probably not going to stick with the Bucks after this season. Um, I think all those rumors about him going to the Lakers was just a bunch of like really, really, really fantasizing dreams coming from <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers fans. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Obviously, he's been linked to the Heat. He's been linked to uh, the Mavericks a couple times. So um, be interesting. But definitely, he and I are going to have a lot to discuss this offseason because. 
Um, he's not going to be signing that Supermax extension with the Bucks, it doesn't look like. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Send me <laughs> a check, Giannis. I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, we're thinking of trading Gordon Hayward and Bismack Biombo to the Bucks for Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for the next topic, uh, you know, Eric, this is uh, this was a player that um, was his favorite player several years ago in the NBA. Um, now he's on another new uniform. You're gonna see him for the first time in this uniform. So Eric, why don't you talk about uh, the Brooklyn Nets and KD more specifically? What what kind of expectations you have for him this year? And uh, and how him and Kyrie are going to work together? Yeah. So for starters, I mean, as we already know, uh, Connor is Giannis's agent, and it looked like there was a time a few years ago where, you know, I might have lined up to be KD's agent, but then of course he went to the Warriors. I couldn't support that, so that never materialized. But um, yeah. So for my expectations for KD and the Nets, um, I have very high expectations for them. I I think the Nets are going to be one of the best teams, as you'll see in my uh, finals predictions. They're definitely going to be doing a lot of damage. And as for KD himself specifically, I don't think he's going to do quite as great as he was doing with the Warriors. Uh, my main concern is just with him coming off of that Achilles injury. I know he's had a lot of time now to recover from that, but most players, when they suffer Achilles tear injuries like that, most of the time they don't come back the same player. So I still think he's going to be really good, obviously. And even though I hated him for a while after he left the Thunder, I still respect his talents and I respect his abilities. So I'm going to be looking forward to um, watching him play again. As for the dynamic with Kyrie, that's probably what I'm most interested to see what happens because ever since Kyrie got out of Cleveland, like, I don't know, man, he's just turned into a very odd personality and it seems like a lot of people I haven't gotten along with them and everything like that. So I don't know if that's going to hinder the Nets, but at the same time, I've heard that Kyrie and KD are like best friends and all this stuff. So maybe it won't be a problem, but I still think the Nets are going to be a really good team. And what I also think could happen too, and obviously I don't want this to happen, but there's been a big rumor, of course, of James Harden wanting to get out of Houston and he wants to go team up with KD and everything. And, uh the Rockets are saying that they're you know they're not gonna trade him. They still want him and they still believe in him and all this stuff. But if the Rockets get off to a sluggish start this season, which I feel like is a very real possibility that could happen, I do wonder if the Rockets explore a trade and try to end up sending him to the Nets. And if that happens then, you know, God help the NBA, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, as much as I can't stand James Harden, I mean, him, Kyrie, and KD on the same team is going to be a pretty 
lethal team if that happens. So I would not be surprised if that happens. So those are my expectations for the Nets going forward. And, um, and I'll let Zach take us into the next part of the show here. Yeah. So, uh, so we've been talking about the Nets, the Bucks, a couple teams, uh, and, but I want to go through our Eastern conference, uh, finals predictions really quickly. So I'll say mine and then just give a quick, uh, reason why so i've got the nets winning the eastern conference beating the heat i think the heat make it back uh connor talked about a cinderella run but um the way the heat are built i i think it's for the long term i don't think they're uh obviously the making the finals i think that was a cinderella thing but they're very capable of uh of making it back because they probably have to go through the bucks and celtics which they've proven that they can beat it's just when they run up against the nets with KD and Kyrie and that supporting cast with Dinwiddie and Levert, um, that's going to be too much for them to handle. So I'll say like Nets in five. Um, but Jimmy Butler, I still have a ton of respect for him, and I think um, the rest of the young Heat will develop and, and be better in time as well. So that's my finals, uh, Eastern Conference Finals uh, preview. And Eric, what about yours? Yeah, so I'm like Zach in that I have the Nets. Uh taken the Eastern Conference. I didn't think to mention uh, Dinwiddie and Levert in my talk about the Nets, but uh, Karis Levert in the bubble last season was incredibly good. I mean, they so even if the Nets don't trade for James Harden, they still already have a really great team. So uh, I'm a big fan of Levert after this most recent season, and so I think the Nets are going to take it uh, for my opponent against them, though, uh, I am different than Zach. I do have the Celtics making it this time. Um, I feel like the Celtics are going to get better. I feel like they have a great coach. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brad Stevens. And I know Gordon Hayward is gone, but I feel like he wasn't a huge contributor for them last season. I mean, I don't know. Like, I know Connor's still mad at the Hornets for that long-term <laughs> signing of him. So I, I don't think the Celtics are going to miss him too much. I still think the Celtics are a very capable team. I know they uh, fell in the playoffs last year to Miami, but I, I think the Celtics can get it done, but they're not going to beat the Nets, though. Yeah, I feel like I've been reminded of that Gordon Hayward thing a little bit too much. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm, man. Trying to, Sorry, man. I'm trying to get it out of my head because I uh, – even though I'm going to have to deal with it when the season starts. But um, so, yeah, I'm the same as the <clears throat> the other two guys. I've got the Nets and the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, pretty sure almost everybody uh, would have them in this spot. Um, maybe not everybody has them winning, but they'd have them in this spot. I mean, it's just we already knew this last season that, like, you know, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie that, yeah, they're going to have an off year, um, you know, this season. But next season, when they're back healthy, they're going to be the team to beat. And um, like they, like the guy said, I was really impressed with how they played in the bubble. Um, you know, they certainly did more damage to the Bucks than I thought anybody thought they would. Um, I think that was in, in the game that they played against them. Like, they beat the Bucks, which no one thought was going to... Because this was also at the beginning of the bubble when the Nets beat them. It wasn't, like, towards the end when all the teams were, um, like, resting their starters mm -hmm. and, like, didn't really care anymore. This was at the beginning of the bubble, and they really shut down the Bucks. So, along with that supporting cast, then, obviously, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Like, you can't go wrong with those two. So, um, I think they're going to win. 
And as I mentioned earlier, I think the Bucks are going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, like I said, with I think the Heat just kind of had a Cinderella run, and I, I think the Celtics just kind of tend to choke in these situations. Like, yeah. I think the it was really theirs for the taking uh, this past season, especially with the Bucks getting knocked out by the Heat. Like, it was theirs for the taking in that series against the Heat, and they blew it. So, um, I am going to go with the Bucks. I think Giannis is going to want to really do something to prove that, you know, he can be a, a at least a good playoff asset because he's shown that he's a good regular season asset. But I think he wants to do something to show that he's a good playoff asset. And I think the Bucks learned a lot um, in the like just throughout the bubble and in the playoffs, just like, OK, like we need to really start doing different things. Like we can't just give it to Giannis every possession and hope that we're going to win. So um, I think they're going to fix those mistakes, but not enough to overcome the Nets. So that's our Eastern Conference predictions. And really quickly before we end the show, we will talk about uh, the regular season MVP because that's a big award. And we're bringing Nate on for this topic as well. Um, so Nate, Nate's going to get some uh, some action here in this segment. But uh, um, it was funny. We, uh, we are split on this. Eric and I, it, this is like if you uh, like the for around the shield, draw the line and pick a side this is what it looks like here <laughs> eric and i have picked luka Doncic to be the mvp and connor and nate have both have kevin durant as the mvp which you know both good choices um so eric and i will speak for luka he'll feed i'll i'll start and then eric can feed off uh what i say and then connor can do the same with nate for kevin durant so i think luka's gonna win just because of the offensive numbers that he puts up, um, their gaudy numbers, and the whole Mavericks system is no defense, all offense, <laughs> kind of like Houston. <laughs> um, so, and and I think Lucas also got parts to his game that Harden doesn't with passing the ball. Yeah, I see a lot of highlight plays where he has like a no look assist. Um, he's he just seems to be uh, more the only option than some of the other contenders on this list. I think um, he is 100% the number one person on this team. Only other person I can think of that's like his role would be Dame or Giannis um, with maybe all-star fringe, all-star teammates, but no real all NBA players on their team like Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Um, And last year with Russ and, and uh Harden but LeBron and AD yeah LeBron and AD that yeah so um the fact that he's the guy on the Mavericks um moves him up on my list and I think the Mavericks are also going to have a really good season we'll talk about them in the uh Western Conference part but the Mavericks I think have a good year I think Luka puts up all the offensive numbers anyone can dream of and uh, uh, also, Giannis has a disadvantage that he's a two-time winner, so he's going to have to even improve on what he did to get the the award again. So benefit of the doubt should go to Luka. And he seems to be like the NBA's new favorite um, player, maybe the next LeBron. Um, so he'll get some respect there from that. But Eric, what else do you want to add on to all the reasons that I just made? Yeah, I mean, you touched on it for the most part, and especially just with the stats he's going to put up. I mean, he's going to be close to the, like, Russell Westbrook territory of a couple seasons ago. Like, he's probably going to, like, average a triple-double or near a triple-double 
probably like 38 and eight or something like that. And lately, these last few years, the MVP award has seemed to be based a lot off of stats more than anything else. So uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to get it because of that. I don't necessarily think he is the most valuable player in the NBA, but I do think he's going to win the award because of the ungodly numbers he's going to (laughs) get. Okay, so so let's hear about uh, Kevin Durant's chances, though, because that's who Connor and Nate both have. Yeah, um, I definitely had a very hard time picking the MVP this year. Um, Last year, I was pretty set in my mind that it was going to be honest, but... This time around, I mean, I I guess I'll, I went through a lot of choices. Like, I think my first instinct was to take Anthony Davis. Um, but in my mind, like, again, I feel like even though I feel like LeBron's not going to do as well this season as he did last season, I feel like they're still going to cancel each other out because they both pretty much play on the same level. Um, I did consider Luka Doncic. Um, well, and I think he's – I definitely think he's going to be second place. Like, he was my second choice. Um, and then I did consider, I actually did consider Giannis again, but like Zach said, it's pretty impossible for anyone to win an MVP award three times in a row. So, um, not looking that way, but with Kevin Durant, I feel like he, obviously he's got this tandem with Kyrie Irving, but I feel like, I think a lot of people have forgotten how good of a player he actually is. Just given the fact that he's, you know, he was absent during the Warriors run, you know, finals run against the Raptors because of his injury. And then obviously he missed all of last season. But Kevin Durant is definitely, I know this is a long time ago when we did this episode, but back in the midst of the pandemic when there was no sports going on, we actually did a top 10 list of like top 10 players, like who we think are like the best players in the NBA right now. And Kevin Durant was in the top three on all of our lists. So um, I definitely think Kevin Durant is. Um, you know, he's going to come back with, and he's going to look like his old self. Um, he's had a lot of time to recover now. Obviously, Achilles injuries are bad, but I think he's going to look like his old self, and he's going to be the one carrying this team. Because I feel like Kyrie, like he's he's obviously a good player, and he's going to make some All Star games, but I just don't think Kyrie is the player he used to be back when he was in Cleveland with LeBron. So I think Kevin Durant really is going to emerge as the number one like, true number one player on this team, unlike, you know, with, like, Harden and Russ last year, LeBron and AD last year and this year. So uh, that's why I've got Kevin Durant as the MVP this year, and also because I think the Nets are going to go really far. So um, and I think they're probably going to end up being the one seed in the East this season, whereas I don't think the Mavericks are going to be the one seed in the West. So I think they're probably going to end up being in the middle, which is going to hurt Doncic's chances. Yes. Yeah, so okay, Nate. Do you? I was. Gonna, I was gonna oh. say, Nate. Do you want to add? Sorry, I jumped in. Uh, Nate, you can add on uh, as much as you want. Sure. Yeah. Um. I'll, I'll keep it short. But yeah, I definitely had a little bit of a tricky time trying to figure out um who could be the MVP this year for the NBA. Um. These were pretty much um my two choices earlier really between Doncic and um Katie, just because I didn't really see logically who else really had a good um shot this year. Obviously, they're not going to give it to the honest again, even if he has a great season. And, you know, LeBron kind of, um, he could be great, but his the standards for him to win MVP again, I feel like he'd have to put up some crazy numbers. So I think um, KD's in a good spot. Um, like for the reasons that Connor mentioned, um, he just, I think he will carry the um, Nets this year. And 
having a guy like KD, I mean, um, sorry, uh, Kyrie at point guard is obviously good. He's a good distributor, I think. Um, and having him as a running mate, um, they seem to be good friends. So hopefully they'll have a better relationship than what, um, you know, kind of came out about Kyrie at the end of his time in Boston. So um, I think he's in a good spot this year, and I think it helps. Um, MVP voting really, um, I, I feel like, is influenced by storylines. And I think uh, it's a great story that KD's come back from his injury. And if he comes back um, like the KD from four years ago uh, in his prime and really shows out again, I think he's got a good uh, leg up there as far as um, winning over voters. So I'd like him to win it if he stays healthy. Yeah, definitely. I I would. I'm still a fan of KD. I'm, unlike Eric, I didn't have a, a rooting interest with the Thunder before he was traded. So I, I've always maintained a a good relationship with KD. I'm on yeah. Eric's side, just to mention that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just because I mean, I mean, I didn't exactly have the rooting interest with the Thunder, but I just feel like him going to the Warriors was just yeah, a no, really, I, yeah. And in, in, in the words of Eric, that's such a trashy move, right there. <laughs> trashy move. Man. Yeah, but, but Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic is going to win the MVP for two words: triple double. <laughs> Well, Eric, Eric, why didn't you pick Carl Anthony Towns? Because he can shoot the three-pointer. He ain't going to get no triple-double, though. Don't get me wrong, though. I think we know. Carl Anthony Towns has a good three-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Before we end the episode, I think we know now what's going to be in the episode promo tweet for a one-minute clip. Uh, that you just you just provided it, Eric. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna wrap this episode up. Uh, stay tuned. We're gonna be coming back next week. Um, I think the, with the way the calendar is, we're gonna be talking some college football next week, right, Connor? Is that yes, the... sir? We're we're gonna do we're gonna talk about um the college football playoff because after this week we're gonna be right before the conference championships. So uh, definitely, yeah. we haven't talked about college as much this year just because it's been. Uh, such a ridiculous it's, 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 yeah, it's just been <laughs> yeah. like the craziest season I've ever seen for any sport so uh, but yeah. we are going to talk about it we still have we still watch college football <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I was just making sure that's next week and, and talk about the western conference as well so stay tuned for that and remember be clutch bye see ya hey. <laughs>